Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Coop Encounters. I am your host, Dr. Joe Cooperman. I am a practicing chiropractor here in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, today, our guest is none other than my great friend, Dr. Daniel Skinner. Him and I went to chiropractic school together. We lived together. Uh, we did a million seminars together, you know, and just Dan's one of those guys that uh, kind of helped me change my outlook on how I was going through school. Um, along with Chris McBroom and Demir Simonak, you know, they. if it wasn't for Dan, I'm not sure uh, where I would be. Uh, I really confide in him quite a bit. Uh, his opinion means a lot to me. And I think that you guys are really going to enjoy to hear what he has to say. So since we're new to the podcast stuff, uh, go ahead and like, subscribe, leave us a review, tell us what you think. Right now, we're going to be dealing with a little bit of audio stuff um, as we get used to recording new stuff, and uh, that'll clean up as we go. I just figured I wanted to bring you guys some valuable content and uh, and, and interesting folks that we've already come in contact with. Uh, so go ahead and like and subscribe, leave us a comment, shoot out uh, a message if you have something personal you want to hear about. We'll touch on it. I'll bring someone on here that I think you might find to be interesting. Um, so without further ado, here's my boy, Dan Skinner, Recoup Radio. Here we go. Okay, dope. So how are you doing, Joseph? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. Had a, uh, had a good weekend so far. How was your comp? Comp was great. Things went a lot, uh, a lot better than I anticipated. I think uh, a lot of that had to do with my my badass coach Dave Brown. Guy's a beast. Yeah, he's an animal, but um, that was a cool experience, dude. I, I honestly I highly recommend trying it sometime. It, I mean the the numbers don't matter all that much. You can get competitive with yourself, and you know I decided to get a little competitive because I found out that uh, I, there was only one other person that was in my weight class, and then the guy ended up not making weight. So I was the only person in the 81 kilo. And no way. Mm-hmm. So I could have lifted nothing, like one pound or one kilo, and uh, still podium. So it's like, well, what's that worth? So um, decided I wanted to try to hit some PRs so I can qualify for the AL, uh, the American Open Series. And uh, I needed 199 kilo total, and, uh, and I PR'd both my snatch and my clean and jerk. To hit 199 exactly that's sweet dude <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it was like all down so to the, all down to the wire you know that kind of thing and it, it was pretty it felt pretty cool so you're going to new mexico then I'm gonna go to new mexico when is it sometime next month i don't know i haven't really looked that up that's so uh, is, uh that's the next step prep you up for it yeah so i'm gonna join their team uh e3 and um he's gonna help me out with some more programming uh get me a little more comfortable in the bottom position because I ended up power, power snatching all three and uh, yeah so it's if I can get lower and get more weight sweet dude that's awesome and then uh, what else has been keeping you busy uh, practice building dude practice building making more relationships meeting new people um, trying to get a little more involved in the community out here in Scottsdale and uh, just taking it one day at a time as I build my practice up from back when we moved in October. But things have been going really well. So I'm That's awesome, man. Yeah. It was a really fun, it was a fun time coming over and, uh, you know, Demir and I coming over and visiting you and, and doing that, that co-teaching event. 
Um, it looks like you have a really good thing going there, especially like the gym looks great. The people that we met seem awesome. It seems like you're in a good good space. Yeah, it's a it's a cool community over here, especially in, like inside Glory Gains, inside Glory Gains gym. You know, it's nice to have equipment at my at my usage at all time, whether it's for patients or myself. Um, yeah, and and you know a lot of the trainers in here they've been in the game for a while, so it's interesting to hear and see the methodologies and you know the progress that they wanted to, that they want to make and learn a little bit more you know it's a it's a good spot these guys that's always great. strive to get a little better yeah that's sweet and then uh as far as things like and you just said you're doing some olympic lifting and everything is there anything else you're doing right now for uh for fitness or anything else that you're working out with anything else that you're yeah trying to i'll probably i'll you know i was going to crossfit maybe like once a week for the past month or so just because I, I focused everything on just trying to get stronger to get ready for this competition and uh, and I'll probably go back to hitting some CrossFit again just to get that cardio conditioning back up I felt pretty pretty lazy the last time I did a class and that wasn't it wasn't like I wasn't trying I was trying pretty hard I just didn't have my lungs and I was like holy smokes I'm not used to not being able to doing, you know, a bunch of burpees. That's usually something I'm pretty good at. And, uh, and it was a struggle. So it kind of got to me, you know, my ego, my ego's, uh, a little on fire and it wants to get a little fitter. So I'll I'll start blending that back in. But, you know, as I prep with Dave, he's going to send me a a program that I'm probably going to be doing three to five days a week. Um, and so if I end up doing the three days a week, I'll blend in light load CrossFit um, and just make it more like just think thinking a little more about around uh, aerobic conditioning. That's funny that you say that your burpees aren't all that good because every time I do burpees in a workout, I think of you and in chiropractic school, how you used to get us out and do the hundred burpee challenge with uh, that. I think Matt Smith was running at the time. Yeah, thrives three sixty five. Gosh, that's <laughs> old school. Shout out. Uh, yeah, that was a good time. What about you? What's what's been new with your fitness journey? Not much, man. It's been, uh, it's kind of been, it's been a little up and down. I, was, I did a couple big kind of like uh, divergions from what I normally do. I went and did a yoga teacher training that was, uh, it was amazing. It was a great experience. It was offered through Lululemon and uh, they kind of blended in some really cool stuff. It felt like it was like part half to like uh, personal development, part yoga teacher training, and then just part like uh, like philosophical conversations the whole time it was awesome and uh, so that kind of took me out from my regular training I normally do yoga like once or twice a week but I was practicing like two times a day uh, and I did that for <clears throat> two blocks that were about 12 days each so I drove down to Santa, uh, Santa Cruz, California to do that and I've been back for a couple weeks now but um, it was kind of cool to experience something a little different like that. And then uh, other than that, I've just been you know, sticking with my kettlebell training, which I'm, I'm really into right now. Um, I find it's perfect for the summer too, just because like I love doing outdoor workouts and I love like low minimalist equipment and um, it's, it kicks your ass. It's really sweet workouts and I've been getting more and more into it. So that's kind of been me. I, uh, went through a phase in the early spring where I was just doing all this needed bodybuilder training, which I actually really liked getting back to it. But um, that's the thing is, I feel like I, 
I need to probably do a better job of sticking to something for like an extended period of time. Right now, I'll only ever really do two months or maybe like, you know, 10 weeks of something. But I think in the next little bit, what I'd like to do is settle down and follow like a three-month program and just button it up and go all the way through. I often get a little bored or I get a little like uh, distracted and I'll, I'll start to, to do a bunch of kind of self-experimentation. So, but that's kind of what's been keeping me busy. Nice. What about, uh, why don't you give people a little bit of background on your fit, uh, uh, what your fitness was like and who you are, what you're doing out there in Canada, because I know that you made some changes from Active Health Vic, you had some, ran into some stuff, and now you're going, coming out as a recoup official. Yeah, so, um, it, it was, uh, it's funny, because like, as uh, one of the founding members of Active Health, it, it was kind of a hard pill to swallow to all of a sudden, you know, have to go through the process of changing my name because it was something that I was so passionate about this idea that like I wanted everybody to know that active health was like a really big part of what my practice was about and what I mean by that is you know there's of course there's going to be things that we do with people that are passive right you know passive care is has its time and place but there is an element of active care active health and so that was one of the reasons why it was a big part of the name um, and then what happened was it, it ended up turning out that there was another clinic in town that uh, that didn't like the fact that my name sounded similar to theirs. And so I also didn't like the fact that their clinic was very different from mine and really didn't integrate any active health. They just kind of happened to have a name that sounded similar. And so I wanted to kind of distinguish myself. So I had had this little side project on for a while where I wanted to create uh, some basically some online resources and online content and stuff. And I had it... Uh, kind of like lined up, I was going to call it recoup. I wanted to call it uh, like a, you know, an online class, call it recoup class or something like that. And so uh, I basically had this thing all ready to go. And then when I kind of made the decision, it was time to like, you know, depart from the active health moniker. It was kind of an easy transition. And so I've been really liking it and I've been getting a lot of good feedback lately from people. I think um, the biggest thing though is just staying like true to what we were all about and not really changing much about the content or what we're delivering but just the fact that you know i have a little bit of a different name it doesn't change much about you know what the delivery is going to be like mm-hmm. so um that's been kind of cool i've also um just partnered with a couple people in town and we're going to be in the next hopefully in the next few months we're going to be locking down a space and we're going to be opening up a movement and uh, uh basically we call it like a free movement studio and so the idea is it's going to be a little different than your typical gym it's going to be very minimalist equipment it's going to be mostly open space uh some of our investors um, teach acro yoga classes some of our people who are partnering with us are into free movement and gymnastics and things like that and really the big missing piece in victoria is we don't have a lot of places that just open or that just offer open space most of the time it's just you know open spaces like an afterthought it's like where they put turf to put sleds or something like that but the great thing is when you have open space you can do a lot and you can really help people like reconnect with parts of their body so that's our big thing so i'm going to be bringing some kettlebell expertise to it i'm going to be bringing um, some mobility and movement class kind of structure and then uh some of my my yoga that i've just recently picked up will be helpful too so that's really cool it's going to be cool to see what that looks like in the next little bit. And that's um, our business is going to be called Third Space, which is pretty cool. I remember reading a book a long time ago where the author was talking about everybody needs, you know, 
their work, where they make an income, they need a home where they kind of settle and, and relax, and then they need that third space where they build community and, um, and connection. And so that was kind of like the ethos behind the name, and uh, I think everyone really likes it, and it's kind of cool. There's a little story behind it, too. Yeah, that's nice. I like that. Yeah, you didn't just like wake up one day and you're like, I'm just going to call this third space. Um, I, you know, I think it's pretty neat that you guys are kind of moving away from, you know, the, the, the grind sensation of fitness, the, the no pain, no gain type thing. And, uh, I think it's, it's a refreshing thing to see that people can probably be able to say, you know what, every now and then I'm going to pop by this place because I do need to take, I need to take a break from the barbell for a little bit, you know, like people underutilize, you know, rest and true recovery and you know, focus on restoring range of motion or we're fixing up uh, unilateral movements and just cleaning up things like that. And uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a pretty cool thing to offer. I imagine there's not very many people in Victoria that have a, a space like that. Uh, no, actually the reason why we wanted to create it was because we've been looking around and we're like, I, that's a space I've wanted to go to, right? So uh, we, we haven't been able to find it, so we're gonna create it. And it's, I love how, what you brought up about people it's not like we're not creating a business to take you know people who are already going to the gym and and they you know we're, we're not trying to like get other people to transfer over to our gym we're looking at it as like i think that that fitness should be like almost the same way the seasons are where if you're doing crossfit and that's all you've done for the last two years you're probably going to have some pretty significant pretty probably at that point some pretty glaring asymmetries and and like imbalances and things like that. Um, you know, you wouldn't drive your car in fourth gear and only fourth gear, right? You yeah. want to make sure that you're kind of hitting that whole spectrum. And so fitness should be, in my opinion, it should be, first of all, um, sustainable, right? Like, like if you go out and you're, if the only fitness you're doing is just the kind of stuff that just crushes you and you're in a puddle of sweat and vomit by the end, I mean, I think that should, that's something that should be a part of your program at some point, but not the only thing. Yeah. Um, and then I also think that fitness should be community based because there's a great amount of momentum you get out of seeing the same people engaging. Like, um, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of person who also every once in a while I like to, you know, tuck my, my earbuds in and just kind of work out. But I'm also the kind of person who loves to go to the gym and, and socialize. And I feel like I get a good, I get a boost from that too. Right. Not just the physical. And, um, and then I also think that, you know, fitness should be thought out. It shouldn't just be you show up and all you do is follow what the coach has written on the whiteboard for you. I think that there's time and place for all that, for surprise and for variation and everything. But I think you should also know that, hey, you know what? Three days a week, I'm working on, you know, I'm maybe doing my CrossFit style workout. And then maybe like you were talking about, maybe another two or, or two and a half days a week or whatever it ends up being. That's when you're doing a very structured you know, layered Olympic weightlifting program, or maybe that's when you're working on your mobility and flexibility. Yeah. Or maybe that's when you're, you know, you're just relaxing and doing a, you know, a yin yoga class or something, something that's going to kind of like take your engine, drop it down a couple revs, as opposed to just always looking at trying to fire the engine up higher and higher. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you kind of bring up the, the recovery, like when, when are you actually physically resting? And, you know, now that I'm diving into this world of maybe I'm going to be a little more competitive, you know, as a, as a practitioner, I know that I'm kind of flirting with that, with that red line of shoot, this is about to become unhealthy. Um, and that's okay. That's a choice I'm going to make, but 
you know, if I was just doing this for leisure and just for kind of fun, then, you know, the, the volume, everything would have to be respected because I shouldn't be training like as if I have a, I have a goal to meet. And, uh, and I, th- I think that the fitness community kind of has been marketed to to always train like an athlete, always train hard, always train like this. So now we just, uh, we throw that term behind anybody that's inside a gym. And sure, everybody's an athlete in their own respect, but uh, when you're competitive and you're doing things like that, and you're going to be flirting with that red line of, hey, you're you're about to make this unhealthy. Um, last time we talked, you had a, a pretty good analogy for pushing the spectrum. I can't exactly remember. The, it was like a pendulum. Uh, but you kind of get into that, what, you, what your thoughts are on people that start to take, uh, take it to a little bit of an extreme. Well, I think you got it because it's like that. The idea is that your body is perfect. Like any type of exercise is healthy until you decide to be competitive with it. Because as soon as you push health out of the way and you start to chase fitness, you're leaning towards that other side of the, the spectrum, right? Like you, there's no such thing as a healthy athlete, at least not a good one. <laughs> there's lots of people who, you know, take a look at the Olympics. Like oh, my, uh, my competitive background was in cycling. And so I'm like six foot three and I'm like, a, I kind of hover around 200, 205 pounds every once in a while, depending on how good I'm eating. But when I was bike racing, I was like down, I was down as low as like 160. And that wasn't healthy for me. Like I was sacrificing certain things to just be as light as I possibly could. And, um, you know, if I was racing now, I wouldn't be near as good a biker no matter what kind of training I was doing just because I'm a lot heavier, right? So we make these sacrifices, we cut corners, we do things that kind of like lead us to better performance. But at the same time, like I couldn't do five push-ups when I was a bike racer, you know? Like there's a reason why... You know, when cyclists crash, people are really nervous is because we're fragile at that point because our bodies are just really good at going straight, maybe making a couple, you know, small turns, but you get us off the bike and we're, we're pretty, we're, we're pretty meager. So there's, uh, there's kind of that to consider. There's, um, the, the one thing I think it was, uh, I heard this a long, long time ago and, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly who said it but it was something about if you see it uh, if, you, if you're looking for an athlete and you can't find something that's glaringly asymmetric then they're probably not a good athlete I actually I know it, it was Mike Reinhold who used to say that he used to say that you know if we look at if we're looking at a pitcher or a thrower and they're not completely out of whack on their one side we're probably going to trade them because they're probably not any good yeah <laughs> um so, yeah, I think uh, the recovery is just becoming such an important thing right now. People are realizing that, you know, the same way that exercise, like, you know, compare exercise to a medication. Yeah. If you dose it appropriately, you're going to be, you're going to feel great. You're going to perform well. If you overdose a medication or if you overdose exercise, you're going to start to see negative effects. Yeah. So yeah. I, I always tell people like that. You And you can't, you can't do things like, you can't out train a shitty diet. You can't out train terrible sleep. Um, you know, you can't add more to substitute for stuff that isn't there in the first place. Well, it's like so, what Louis Simmons, uh, what Louis Simmons made a post recently and it's, uh, and I reposted it cause I love it. It said, don't, don't wear uh, your hundred, do- your hundred dollar shoes aren't going to fix a 10 cent squat. 
<laughs> I absolutely love that. Um, but yeah, let's, let's, I mean, you were talking about effective dosage. I mean, that's something, kind of something similar for like how we're practicing, right? I, I think we both recently discussed how before when we were practicing, when we first got out of school, it was like, how do I keep this person going? How do I keep them going? And we kind of prided ourselves on being able to do that for people. But, you know, taking a step back and realizing like, you know, if you're, you know, if you're in some sort of professional sport, then yes, we need to keep you going. That is the goal. You're getting paid lots and lots of money to go out, entertain and perform because you're on a contract for millions of dollars. But if you're someone that's got a nine to five job, you've got kids, you've got, you don't have anybody that's paying you lots of money to train, um, then what, what are we doing that for? You know, why are we trying to keep you going? We need to, we need to take a step back find the solution to this this unresolved let's say for example shoulder discomfort and uh and make you feel a lot better so that you can continue to do what you think is really fun and uh and it's not a knock on them it's just more of respect yourself and respect the body and respect the process of of healing you're not going to heal if you just keep hammering it you need you you kind of do need to rest. There's nothing. Sometimes we used to dog on some MDs that they say, "Oh, uh, running's hurting me." They just say, oh, "Just stop running." There's something to it. Have well, that's exactly <laughs> what we talked about last time. Yeah. I, I think I was like confessing. It's like one of the biggest mistakes that I made early in my practice was like trying to trying to almost hypercompensate for that fact because people would come in and they were scared that you were going to tell them like you need to stop. And I think there's a difference between telling a person. You know, I I remember when I was when I was bike racing, I went in and I had a terrible knee issue, went in and told my, my doctor at the time, it was just a walking clinic. And he's like, oh, dude, just, you just stop biking. And that was like, I remember leaving being like, this doctor is the shittiest doctor ever. And I've never wanted to be that person who, who puts a damper on someone's, you know, training or good time. But there is something to be said for telling a person like, you just pushed it too hard right now. Like you've gotten to a point where you flared something up and as much as you want to keep going with your training, as much as you get a lot of your feeling of self-worth and, and, uh, and self-confidence out of doing it is whatever it is what you're doing, and like giving, sticking with your shoulder example, right? Like if you continue to grind that shoulder down and make it worse and worse and worse, then eventually the rest you're gonna to have to take off is going to be terrible. It's gonna be like maybe months. But if we stop early, and we give your body a chance to recover now and maybe we do a little therapy maybe we do some of that like passive care stuff and like sprinkle in the right kind of active care then maybe that recovery time can be you know cut in half or maybe less so i usually i try everything i can to get a person feeling better as soon as i can but when i start to realize that the main theme that's preventing them from making any significant improvement is what they're doing not what they're not doing then I start to say, we just need to start to unplug a little bit. And I'm becoming more and more confident doing that. Whereas before I was like, the last thing I want to do is tell this person stop running. Yeah. Yeah. I felt I, I, I'm right there with you. And I think, um, I think our friends would probably say something very similar. I mean, Demir would probably throw in a couple more ums, but that's okay. <laughs> that, then a few more needles, but <laughs> no, I, I, you know, it's, it's, and a lot of it comes down to like psychology of the patient, right? Um, not everybody's going to perceive those words the same way someone else will. They might say, yeah, you know, I, I totally agree. I'm on board. And then you're going to get the combative person that says, but I have to do this. Like, well, okay. Um, 
do you be stern with that person? You let them know, or I'm, I'm I personally am the per, I'm the kind of guy that says, well, why? I just question it. Why? And I wait to, for their response and just kind of hear it out, and then say, okay, does that seem reasonable to you? Are you willing to continue down this path? Well, then we're probably going to need more care. I'm not the kind of guy that treats people two to three times a week for six to eight weeks. Um, but you're going to turn me into that guy. So it, it, what it comes down to is a choice. And, uh, and, I, and I like it when people decide to take the reins and make that choice of, yes, I will go down this path of recovery and feeling a lot better. And I'm going to do the things that you tell me to do because I'm sitting here and paying you for this advice. And you came to me for a problem. And I'm here for the solution. This is my best solution I got for you. Are you willing to take it? Yes or no? Okay, cool. My results are going to be a little fucked because of that if you decide to keep going. And your results too. It's kind of funny when you talk about advice because it seems like, you know, nowadays everybody, like I've had, you know, a couple people this week come in and they're like, I was Googling this. I went online and I, I, I think this is what it is. And it's like usually, I mean, it's not even close sometimes. Like sometimes it's like, a, a diagnosis where I'm like you're you must have been going down the Google rabbit hole but nowadays everybody is an expert online everybody's got you know the five minute low back fix um, the five like you know the easy to figure out what's going on with your hip yourself kind of YouTube videos and everything like that and the tough thing is it's I think it's actually more a matter of de-educating people sometimes than it is to actually educate them because there's so many things that people are already plugging into their mind before they come in and talk with you. Like I had this one guy come in and he had a printout of what he, he had and uh, he thought he had sciatica and really all he had was like a little muscle trigger point referral coming from the outside of his leg, but like not even in the same area. And like that that's totally legitimate because this guy never went to med school, he never went to chiropractic school. He doesn't know the difference between like a little bit to the side and right down the back. Yep. But you know, that's why we spent, you know, four years after our undergrad to go and learn all that stuff is like the little nitty gritty details matter the most but the problem is everyone kind of looks for that quick fix and that that like online authority which is it's kind of frustrating but at the same time I'm also kind of glad that it's there because it shows that there's people wanting to know that there's people that like clearly there wouldn't be that much material out there if there weren't that many people searching for it yeah if they weren't that interested yeah and I, I, I agree with you on that but at the same time um I think it's it goes to show like for uh, when people come and they say I'm very aware of my body. That's a very common thing I hear. I know how I move. I know I know this. They're very confident in that. And you know I I'm pretty aware of my body as well. But one thing I'm not going to do is sit there and try to test myself and figure out what's going on. If something's going on with my body, I go in. I get it worked on by somebody else. I let them assess me. Let them try to well, figure why, it out. It's the same reason and, why you don't coach yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard to do. It's so frustrating. Yeah, you're, you're just going to do the things that you like to do that make you feel good or make you, you know, it's like, oh, I don't like handstand push-ups, so I don't do those. It's like, or I don't like foam rolling, so I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to stretch. Um, you're missing a piece of the puzzle always when you're doing things on your own. And, and I, I, but yeah, it kind of frustrates me because I, when someone does come in and they say it's my hip and then they point to their lower back pretty high up and you're like okay cool I don't sit there and dog on them and be like you don't know your anatomy you know it's just it just makes me more aware of like this 
this person has no clue what's really going on with their body, it's time to make them a little more aware. And then you kind of slowly coach them through that as they progress and get better and, uh, and take, the, take the guessing out of the situation. I think that's key because um, really it is just a guess when they're just sitting there and Googling stuff um, and trying to figure out where am I feeling this? Um, it's, but that's just the way of the world right now. Yeah. Is there anything right now you're doing? You've got any uh, continuing ed planned or anything you're doing? I actually just took a course a little while ago and it was uh, it's just like a good, sometimes it's just like a good refresher yeah. to re- like you touch back on things that you know and then also learn a few things you haven't and then just trying to apply that stuff. So do you have anything you've got planned in the next little bit? Yeah, I'm probably going to, well, actually in October, I'm going to be taking this uh, Dr. Pat Davidson. Have you ever heard of that guy? No. So there's some guys over here in Scottsdale. They're uh, known as Premier Fitness Systems, and they're pretty well known in the the functional range community. And this guy Brandon Harris was telling me about Pat Davidson because he'd seen that I've been pretty into the West Side conjugate system as of late. And uh, we have a mutual patient, and he was just telling me he's like, dude, you should come to this seminar that we're hosting. Uh, I think you're really gonna like it. So this guy kind of blends strength and conditioning principles with um, training systems, you know, as far as heart rate goes and just kind of figuring out like what what style of training someone should be going to in order to get to some sort of some sort of goal. Um, he's putting a little more method like metholic, bleh, putting a little more method to it. Uh, I'm curious to see what that's all about. I'll be doing that in October, but I've been getting diving back into McGill and last time we chatted, I was telling you that uh, I'm really into the history taking, just kind of his style, the way he answers questions. I mean, he says, all right, tell me your story. And the way that, you know, because in the book, he kind of has full presentations of his patients and the conversations that, that were had completely written out. And I noticed that his flow is never the same, ever. It's always geared towards how that person's answering what their position of sitting is and then he says tell me about how you're sitting right now what does that feel like to you he's a he's a he's just investigating hardcore and uh and i've been adapting my history taking back to that again just to make it a little bit easier for my assessments like when i'm when i'm asking these people questions they're kind of uh ruling out certain things for me to do and it kind of cuts my exam in half and i can get straight to the point where i need to go a lot quicker I love that. So, love Stu McGill, and I love his little mustache. It's the best. Famous Canadian man. That is, that's true. Yeah, um, his book that he put out, the the uh, back mechanic, which is like written on not kind of to eliminate a lot of the scientific language and to make it a little bit more accessible for like everyone, anyone who wants to like you know know more about it. Yeah. He uh, he did a wicked job with it because it's really well written. It's um, very simple. And he goes through basically all the same things that you go through in a, in a detailed assessment with like a chiropractor or a physical therapist. And it kind of lets you systematically look at different parts of your body and how you're feeling and what kind of stuff are pain triggers and what kind of stuff are relieving factors. And it's really, it's a cool read. So um, I read it and it was just, it was helpful for me. And I had the anatomy background and the, all the background like that too but for a person who doesn't have any of that it would be a great resource so that's awesome I really like I like that he came up with that and then I also noticed I my uh my wife was just reading the gift of injury 
Oh yeah, uh, with Brian Carroll. Yeah, and it, it basically, it's uh, I can't say anything on it because I haven't read it yet, but I've heard it's also awesome, so I'm looking forward to reading that. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about that one. Um, you know, let's let's kind of change gears here. Let's chat about some recovery strategies because I feel like we had a pretty nice discussion on that when uh, we last talked, and um, I think the our listeners should really get a good insight as to what we think is a appropriate and what kind of strategies we personally use and where we we kind of have a hierarchy of of recovery whether it's like those theraguns not to call any they're just called thumpers but what do you personally use and where do you think the general population or even just people like high-end athletes should be going uh one thing i've been experimenting with a lot and i actually this goes back to my biking days too is um cold water submergent and I, to be honest, I don't know if it's if it's fully if I use it down the recovery side of things more than I, I look at it as like you and I were talking about this before. It's like I think that we're we're always looking at ways to challenge like our cardiovascular system, musculoskeletal system, uh, all that different stuff. But very rarely do we ever um, challenge our like our uh, uh, thermal regulation system. So, like, I love playing around with, like, extreme heat and extreme cold. Um, I've taken some of, like, the Wim Hof courses and, like, learned a little bit more about some of that stuff. And, I mean, he's a guy who's, like, a big personality, and he's basically sensationalized a lot of these, like, old ancient breathing techniques that have been around, like, for a long time since, you know, for years with yoga. And uh, there's a bunch of stuff that... um, that he's kind of taken and championed and it's pretty cool. So I think there's a element of recovery in that as well as a, just as an element of also kind of like you're training outside of the box instead of always being at room temperature, right? We're playing with that uh, internal thermostat. But when it comes to like uh, like real recovery strategies, I think the best things are the most simple. And I think that it's things like, I was telling you about this before, just like the four big factors I look at for myself and for patients when it comes to just quality of health is always going to be sleep, diet, exercise, and then stress management strategies. And that last one's kind of like a big umbrella that covers a lot of stuff. But stress management strategy is huge because you can have, you can sleep 10 hours a night, eat nothing but organic food, you know, and have the best exercise routine in the world. But if your stress management sucks, you totally start to you know, swing the pendulum over to that stressful state and you can just, you know, you can still have trouble. But if you get all four of those kind of working in good synergy, then that's when I think you truly get a good, healthy person. And so that's what I usually use as like my, my, uh, my kind of like guiding principles to get people to, to work a little bit better. So I'm doing it myself. Like I, I try, I'm not always fantastic with my diet just because I travel a lot. And, um, but I've been really focusing on sleep and getting to bed at like a consistent time. Even on weekends, I try to wake up around the same time. Um, I've been doing, uh, like I said, a lot of the hot and cold for recovery. And then the other thing that I've been kind of experimenting with a lot, uh, and I really liked it when I came to visit you guys was, um, the, uh, the compression, the, the lymphatic the, the, Yeah. The reboot, are, rapid reboots. Yeah. Those are amazing, man. And, uh, like I didn't realize just how, like I've, I've got, um, they're really big in cycling, like the Norma Tech boots and then the Rapid Reboots are kind of like a similar kind of brand. And uh, I've had a bunch of friends that are in cycling that would rave about them. And when I got to try your boots when I was visiting and helping to put on that, that workshop, 
it blew me away how great I felt afterwards. Like we did a pretty hard workout and then you just lay back on that chair and pump up the, the legs up to, you know, whatever setting it was. And that like the drainage that you get out of your feet and your legs, it feels like you just woke up from eight hours of sleep. It was amazing. So I feel like that was something that I'm going to look more into and maybe look at getting a pair over here in, in Victoria. Yeah, definitely. Uh, How about you? What kind of stuff have you been playing with? For me, gosh, you know, so I've kind of gotten gotten back into some hot cold. For a while there, I was uh, when I was in Sacramento, I'd use our sauna pretty consistently, and I miss it big time. Um, but you know, now I'm in Arizona, and it gets freaking hot here, so I don't really need to be spending too much time in a sauna because I'm always hot. Um, so I'd rather I'd rather start tinkering with a little bit of cold just to kind of, like you said, work that thermoregulation in the body, bring something new to the system. Um, it feels great afterwards. I feel like I'm ready for whatever I'm going to go do, whether it's sleep or just relax and chill and do some work. Uh, some other stuff I've been doing, I've been increasing my hydration. Uh, I make sure that I'm always hydrated now. Uh, I, I think that's something that's pretty missed in the general population. They feel like they drink enough water. Uh, I whenever I ask people that question body weight what do you what do you weigh how much water are you drinking they're usually under drinking water and uh, so it's something I practice religiously and uh, man what else am I taking you know like I'm not big on making people take a supplement to kind of help them recover so to speak I think that people should have their nutrition pretty dialed in whether it's like eating more uh, protein sources, making sure they're getting carbs before or after a workout, because um, that kind of stuff just helps replenish the, the system. But the, something that I started taking a while back was the, the Extreme Endurance by X Endurance, and that that helped me a lot as far as soreness and recovery goes, um, being, being able to feel like I could continue to grind in hardcore workouts, that I was beating my body down with CrossFit. But what really made me uh, buy into that system was when I took those pills away I noticed my I noticed my soreness levels really drastically changed after about four days away from it so I, I don't rely on it too often but when I'm training really hard that's definitely a part of my practice so um, I'm right there with the extreme endurance and then what else am I doing here oh yeah um, long sustained stretching so yin yoga Right, I kind of do my own yin yoga practice. Sometimes I'll pop into a class just to get something new, but I've been religiously stretching a lot more, and uh, and sleep sleep's my primary. I covet my sleep. I think that's the most important part for me, not just from a, a training aspect, but just for for work. You know, I like I like that feeling of being able to get out of the bed and be ready to start my day because I got a really good night's sleep. And, uh, and I try to preach that to my patients, like, all right, let's, let's start with working on your sleep. What's your environment like? Do you have the TV on? Yes or no. Do you play on your phone at night? Yes or no. Um, are your windows open? Or is, it, is there a little bit of light coming into the room? Or is it completely dark? Um, you know, Jess and I, we don't have a TV in our room. We don't plan on having a TV in our room when we go to our new place. We just, we really, that's our sanctuary. You know, that's our room. We want to sleep. We really, really love it. And we try our best to get about six to eight hours of sleep each night, and and it tends to work out pretty well. So that's that's where we're at, and uh, and I feel like there's a lot of gimmicks out there 
that kind of train people into thinking that's something they need and that's totally unnecessary you know like um you know like the juve and the red light recovery stuff uh even the even the normatech boots you know like that's not 100% necessary. It feels amazing, and I love the lymph drainage. But you know, you should, if you don't have them, just get your legs up. You know, lay up against the wall. Let them drain a little bit. Ten minutes like that feels pretty good afterwards. Um, and yeah, I just feel like the the market of recovery is so saturated and misleading, and not really backed by any science to show that these things actually are effective for what you think they're going to do. Uh, so why don't you touch on some of that, like what you think is a, a little more gimmicky and uh, mismarketed? Well, I think you uh, you brought up something that was kind of, I think we chatted about this last time too, is like this idea that like supplements should be the extra, the frosting on the cake. It shouldn't be the, the primary thing. Like nobody, well, hopefully nobody is just eating nothing but supplements, right? They're called supplements for a reason. And it's good to have other things dialed in first so you can get the true benefit of all that stuff. Um, and then, of course, there's going to be some supplements that are better than others, just the same way that there's food that's better than others. So that's, like, really important to be aware of, too. And um, I think a lot of a lot of uh, my frustration with the health and fitness community comes from this idea that people are trying to hack all these different things. They're trying to, like, create, like you said, to get away from the simple and create these complicated ways of trying to, like, quote-unquote, hack the body. Um, and so that could be anything from like shining like a red light on you that's you know supposed to increase your testosterone for whatever reason based on an assumption that some study alluded to and like people will say that oh it's scientifically backed it's like no it's not there's not very little science on all this stuff Um, but I do think that like you said if you look at things and you take care of the simple stuff first if you were to say you know my diet my nutrition my exercise and my sleep is all really good, then the whole point is now you start to self-experiment. You don't take someone's, you know, you don't take someone's, um, uh, you know, review of something and you, you say that, oh, this is, this is the way that it is. It's no, it's, it's until proven otherwise, you just have to experiment. You have to figure stuff out yourself. So I love the fact that you tried those supplements and then you tried without them for a little bit and you gauged your body to see what it was like. I think that, what happens is people will enter the, the health and fitness industry and they're already in terrible shape. They've got terrible diets, they've got terrible sleep habits, and now what they're doing is they're combining a whole bunch of stuff together. So they might come into a gym, they might start for the first time in their life, they've started to work with a personal trainer, they've started to cut refined sugars out of their diet, they start to do all this other stuff, and while they're doing it, some person says, hey, try this like red light therapy or try this whatever, and then the person has all these great successes and they look back and they're like, wow, that therapy, that red light therapy really worked. It's like, no, it didn't. That wasn't what happened. That wasn't what helped you. The big thing that happened was the fact that now you're not eating like shit and you're working out regularly and consistently. And there's something to be said for consistency over all else. If you're consistent with something, whether you're getting the perfect workouts or not, but if you do them more often, I mean, that's where I think like, that's where I think like, the, the true value of expertise lies isn't in helping a person in the moment now, it's in helping that person be consistent over time. Definitely. Yeah, I think the I think like you said, so what you're what you're alluding to is that there's a lot of 
there's a lot of factors that come into play when somebody uh, is new. I think new is a, is a pretty important um, point to make. When someone's new to the fitness world and they do make all those changes, you're going to get stronger within that first year. We all know that. That's just uh, you've never worked out and now you're starting to push the limits to see what your strength looks like. So you'll, you'll climb that stair step of, look, I could push more weight every single week. And they want to put they want to put the reason as to why onto one thing. That's just human nature, and and that's not necessarily how our physiology works. That's not how. That's just not how it's proven to work. So um, instead of putting it just on the one thing, maybe maybe give yourself some kudos into look at what I did. I made a lot of changes, and now look at how awesome I'm performing, and I feel great. And there's nothing wrong with being a little cocky when it comes to that. Well, we're also pretty self-critical in animals, right? A lot of the time, the reason why we made this big change is we're sick and tired of what we've been doing. And then we'll, it's like you said, human nature to look to see like, what are, what are these things that have done this for me, right? Like, oh, it could be my personal trainer. Now I'm completely attached to that person. It's like, oh, it was Joe who helped me out through that rough patch. Like now I have to work with Joe for the rest of my life. It's like, hopefully not, hopefully, what that person was was like a catalyst for you to, to get you moving and teach you a few things and like I, I told the people that I've worked with in the strength and, uh, strength and conditioning kind of realm that the biggest thing that I can do is teach you how to make this stuff long term for yourself because one of these days I'm going to move out of town or one of these days you're going to move out of town you're going to have to find someone else so I want you to be able to know that you're learning as you go along not just blindly following this plan. Yeah, making things a little more uh, uh, sustainable, self-sustainable especially. Sustainability, man, it's important. Yeah, we're all about it. Um, what do you What do you see in the near future for uh, for yourself and your practice and and Alex and everything? What you you guys moving forward with uh, with recoup? Like, where where do you think you guys are going to be going with that? Uh, you know, I hope that well, we're waiting for Alex to get her work visa, so we're just kind of. When that happens, it's she'll be added to the practice, which I'm really excited about because she's fantastic, and um, I think she's gonna really be able to. She, her background is in yoga and um, horseback riding, like she's an equestrian, a really high level for a long time. So I think she's gonna be able to kind of reach out into those communities and and um, be able to pass on all the information that she knows, and that's gonna be great for them. Uh, as far as what we're doing, like we're going to put a lot of effort into third space into getting that up and running, just because it's such a big thing for both of us. Like I said, Alex is a yoga teacher as well, and so she wants to work with one of our other um, co-developers to create a yoga teacher training, mm-hmm. which will be great because, in my opinion, like I love my yoga teacher training. I thought it was good, but there were some things in it that were based on um, uh, tradition, and I respect tradition but I also don't always follow tradition because the thing is we learn more and more as we go along so there's certain things that I think need to change with the times especially when we get better with our anatomy and our you know our physiology and all that kind of stuff so I think it would, I'm really excited to see what kind of stuff that she wants to work towards um, creating a new teacher training so that'll be exciting for us and then uh, yeah just continuing to grow the business and continuing to um you know, kind of spread the word of, uh, of what we're all about. And we're really excited for the next few years. How about you? What kind of stuff is going on with active health, uh, Scottsdale? Uh, you know, I, I think we're going to, I'm going to start teaching a little bit more on my own. 
You uh, should, man. The, that the workshop we put on together was awesome. Like, yeah, you you have a great teacher present, and I think you do really well to do more of that. Thank you. No, I, I so next week I'll be teaching at Power in Motion, which is like that's my that's my home gym. So Devin Thought's gonna we're gonna host me over there, and we're gonna kind of attack some things about shoulders, low backs, and hips. Um, give people some strategies on how to move a little bit better, how to how to test, you know certain lack of range of motion how to improve it um i'll probably start journeying out of the crossfit world a little bit and going more towards a um like the yoga community out here is pretty large and i personally need to be hitting more yoga classes so it'll be a good blend for myself um i was practicing yoga it's kind of how jess and i met was not just through lulu but also we were doing yoga together and just built a really good relationship off that and I, I would like to get back to practicing that a little bit more often. And, uh, and I, I love the yoga community. People are very, they're really supportive. Um, and they, they really like to just get a little bit better each day. So I'll probably start going back to that a little bit more. And uh, gosh, I don't even know. We're going to be going back to Sacramento in a little bit here to support one of my fighters as he's out there on his, his professional career. In the UFC, that'll be fun. Uh, probably stop by, say hi to some friends back in Sac, some old patients, and maybe go to New Mexico for that weightlifting comp. I'll probably have to make a decision here in the next couple of days if I'm going to go or not. Uh, but yeah, I I think that I think I just want to. I see the practice going in a really good direction right now, and I want to ride that wave and start bringing in some new ideas and and following through on certain goals that I've written out for myself. That sounds good, man. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, let's, let's, put a, let's put a cap on that for now. What do you think? That sounds good. Yeah, that's really good. Cool. So, Dan, tell people how people can find you. Oh, man. If, uh, if you're into social media, uh, recoup underscore official is my clinical Instagram handle. Um, Dance Kinner is my personal one. They're both pretty amazing. There's uh, lots of pictures of my dog on both. Uh, and then other than that, that's probably the only, so I don't, I don't use anything else anymore. I, I'm not a huge Facebook person, uh, but that's about it. Awesome. And then my website is uh, recoupvictoria.com. Uh, and it's just kind of like a landing page for like the clinical side of my practice and everything like that. And, um, how about you, Joe? How does everyone get in touch with you when they want to IM DM you? <laughs> slide up in those DMs. Gosh, my, my IM used to be Shifty Joe, 10, uh, <laughs> 11. But no, not I don't use that anymore. So no, it's uh, my Instagram handle is at activehealth underscore Scottsdale. And then I've got my personal one that we're kind of doing some personal branding on there. It's just uh, Joe underscore Cooperman. So both of them you can follow. One of them's private. One of them's not. My business one is not, and that's the Active Health. Uh, I don't use Facebook as much either. I kind of geared away from there. Gets a little boring. And oh, my! I just launched my website. That's new. Oh, congrats! Yeah, thanks. That's right. I saw it. it looks really good. Yeah, uh, ActiveHealthScottsdale.com. So hey, people can reach to, out there. Get, getting back to handles. What was the best handle you ever used in a chat room growing up? Wow. I thought I always used Shifty Joe. I think Shifty that's like, Joe? yeah, that was always my thing. And that's, I know it's a, it's a really weird, 
people thought they're like, oh, he's a shifty person. But personally, so like, I love music, right? Music is one of my favorite things in the world. And the reason why I went with Shifty Joe is because uh, the backup guitarist or the, the rhythm guitarist for the Foo Fighters, my favorite band, is Chris Shiflett, who I followed for a very long time when he was in Face to Face. He was me first in the Gimme Gimmies. He was in so many bands. He's super, super big resume. Yeah, a huge resume. And, uh, and when he joined the Foo Fighters, I was like, hell yeah, I'm a punk rocker. Foo Fighters are my favorite band. And this is one of my favorite guitarists joining this band. It's like now I'm I'm an ultimate fan. So when I was the rhythm guitarist and lead guitarist, actually I was the rhythm at first, and I turned into the lead guitarist for our band at the time. And uh, they, I always stole the way that he would play the guitar and like stand, and he would like kind of shift off of his right foot to his left. And I was like, oh, and someone said, wow, you're moving like Chris Shiflet. So they called me Shifty Joe. So I went with that. That's, that's a way better explanation for mine. <laughs> and I was, I was at a party a little while ago and there were, that was a question that came up and everyone was like, yo, what about MSN chat and all that? But I think the only th- name that I can actually remember was I used to be sports underscore 69. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. The good old days back in the, back when I was 14 years old, young. Yeah, my, uh, I, I have a buddy, his name's Jeff. He's a, he's a super cool dude, and I really hope you, you get to meet him one day. He's a fantastic Canadian man. Um, we, play, we play some games together. and like. Wait, do you mean, do you mean Jeff from Ottawa? Yeah, exactly. I'm you know him? <laughs> uh, so we play, we play some games together, and his, uh, his handle is always like Sleep Cheney. I think it's pretty funny. And so <laughs> I, made, I make mine crispy socks. <laughs> I'm sure he'll get he'll get a kick out of that. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I think uh, we could put a wrap on it, and uh, next time we can hit some more topics. And uh, I really enjoyed sitting down and chatting with you. Just uh, I, re- I respect you big time. You know, when we went through school together and living together and getting to know each other, it's been it's been a pleasure, dude. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot for uh, for suggesting this. I much respect for you too. It's been uh, it's it's exciting to see all the stuff that's been happening for you the last little bit. I'm, I'm I'm uh, very happy for you, man. Yeah, I'm stoked to see your future, too. Well, let's do some collaboration in the future. All right. All right.